0: Thank you. That will be nice. Yes, is being my answer. <laughs> Easy question.
1: What did you say?
2: Yes, claro.
1: Hello and welcome to What is Love Actually with Beth Amon and Patrick Flynn. She's Beth Amon.
3: And he's Patrick Flynn.
1: And this is the podcast where we try to discover just what the 2003 Christmas romantic comedy Love Actually is.
3: By taking it apart.
1: And putting it back together again. And we've decided, Beth, I think it's time we stop goofing around. I'm going to be honest. We've Uh. been examining this movie for a few episodes now. Oh,
3: now is the time we start? Well,
1: so we went out and we found two hard-hitting investigative journalists. That's
3: fair, I have to be appropriate now.
1: Yes, and uh, and we're gonna really get to the bottom of what's going on here. Uh, and that's why we have with us, I can't even, with a straight face. Uh, <laughs> I was
2: about it's... to say, are they on the next episode? Who are these?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's Alexandra Petry and Stephen W. Stromberg. Hey guys. How you doing?
3: Hey. Welcome. We're excited to
1: have you here. Yeah, we're hitting hard. Yeah, it's so it's so good. And you guys picked I think one of the more interesting parts of the movie <laughs> for me. Um, the story of Jamie and Aurelia. Uh, it's uh with Colin Firth. It is a it's a it's an interest, but I guess we have to start as we always do by asking um what is your history with Love Actually?
0: Oh, Steve, do you want to go first? I can go first. I've only seen Love Actually once. Uh, it was in college. Uh, I went to see it with a woman I was really interested in. And um, at the end, she said, uh, the secret to winning any girl's heart is in this movie. Uh, and so <laughs> I start frantically thinking,
2: Where? <laughs> do, I need to get a,
0: do I need to get a typewriter? So much in this movie. <laughs> Do do I need to buy a
2: house in the south of France? Yeah, do I need to buy an article of jewelry for someone I'm not married to?
0: Yeah.
3: (laughs) Do you need to become a child drumming star? Like, what's the move? Yeah, what is
2: it?
0: What is it? Become British. Do I literally need to be Colin Firth? Yeah. Right,
1: um, which...
3: You know, it wouldn't Man. hurt. I'm sure. What was
1: it? What did you ever find out what it was?
0: Well, maybe uh, I, I was always awkward talking to girls, and so maybe she was just trying to say that I should try a little harder to speak her language. But
2: yeah, like we, that women's language that we all yeah, know. Yeah, right. So, I'm like, is it, is it Portuguese? Portuguese. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. So no, no, no. We can
2: we can switch to woman now. You're yeah.
0: Yes. <laughs> anyway, so. Uh, uh, uh no, I didn't do any of those things but but it did it did sort of get me thinking um uh, a lot about the movie at the time and I but but it it I really haven't thought about it much since I mean what's your what's My history your... with it?
2: I think I feel like I did not see it when it came out but I it's one of those movies like Titanic which was like huge in theaters and everyone's was like this is romance you got to see this And when Titanic came out, my folks were like, "We hear that like maritime disasters are in," so they bought me this book about the Hindenburg, or not the Hindenburg, sorry, the Bismarck. Wow, the Hindenburg is
1: wow. I was gonna say the Hindenburg is not maritime.
2: Whole different disaster. (laughs)
1: Whole whole different disaster. (laughs)
2: So I'm like, like, the thing we think we take away from this is disasters, but all my recollections of watching Love actually are like with just it's one of those three or four movies that if it's on, my mom insists on watching it. So at like Sweet Home Alabama, which is a treasure, 100% of the time, she literally subscribed to Netflix just so she could watch Colin Firth movies. She was like way ahead of the curve. She just checked a box and she was just like, send me his entire filmography. And so for years, like I left for college and I came back and she was still getting in the mail like every month, a different like oh an really obscure art films, like Apartment Zero, she watched that. She's like, I didn't understand it. At one point he was in love with a corpse, but it was with my mom that I think I watched Love Actually first. And it was one of those things where you sort of go back and forth between being like, do we both think this is completely ridiculous or are we somewhat moved by it? And I'm still not sure. Um,
3: I think it can be a little bit of both for sure. That's the experience I think Patrick and I have come to through watching this movie about
2: 8,000 times. Mm -hmm. Because it gets better. Like the first time you watch it, you're like, what is this? And the second time you're like, oh no, this is awful. And then by like the 18th time, you're like, there's something in this. I just really... Oh, we got to get to that part because that's that part.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we found, also found by taking this movie apart and putting it back together that it, it, it's both more and less than the sum of its parts like, sort of yeah. at the same time.
3: When you start focusing in on each storyline, you start to realize every single flaw in the storyline instead of yeah. just watching. We haven't just watched the movie over a yeah, bunch it's been of a times. a long time. Yeah. We've right. watched like each little bit and it really narrowed in on each segment and then been like, well, wait, this timeline doesn't make any sense. Or like, they did what in how long? Or like, w- it's just it's, you start kind of losing the um, like suspension of disbelief and just start thinking like, this is not plausible.
2: This yeah. is- <laughs> and I feel like it's <laughs> to, to like, it's Christmas and therefore it's like, right. oh, no, that's never not- why are you- this is not carte blanche in the real world for. Anything and people just saying it like it's explaining their behaviors like, well, it's Christmas, so I've got to show up at your door with these signs, or it's Christmas and I've got to fly to Portugal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just I don't know that in my family that ever been used as like a rationale for anything other than like it's Christmas, so we should probably go shopping yesterday and quickly try right. to get thoughtful gifts. <laughs> oh no, this hasn't. and then
1: act like that was what we meant to do the whole time. I totally I mean,
2: planned this weeks ago. Right.
3: I think an
1: honest Christmas movie like that would be rather refreshing, don't you? Be I'm just very like short. An ac- <laughs> Oh, we could drag it out. It'd I'm sure be like we could the
3: 23rd, and way. you'd be like, "Oh crap, I have to go home." Right. <laughs> Uncle Hoosie present. needs a thing.
1: Yeah, and then you just run around. Oh, it's so, There's so much you can do with a with a mm-hmm. Christmas movie, and just because it's Christmas. The yeah, and so yeah, okay. So different different kind of levels of interaction <laughs> with with this, and with Colin Firth. It sounds like. Um, Britain's Britain's eternally hot man, Colin Firth, who I must say, I wrote several times in my notes, man looks good in a turtleneck sweater, like just really
0: there, knows there how to a wear lot, a turtleneck sweater. There are a lot of turtlenecks in the Jamie and Aurelia scenes. Mm-hmm. Like practically every, is like, I'm Colin Firth, mm-hmm. I can sustain a turtleneck,
2: yeah. right? The <laughs> Junker, I believe. Here is yes, my turtleneck. Yeah, jumper, jumper. yeah. That's yeah. Right.
3: They put them all in turtlenecks to show, like they need comfort. They're sad, so they have to hide in their turtleneck. Like a costume designer, oh. definitely
1: thought
2: this through. Yeah, they're in their shells, like the turtle. Yeah, they're oh, in their shells and yeah, they're comfortable. Okay. They're
1: turtling. I like that. I
2: yeah. like that. They're on a fence in the blazing sun. Why aren't you helping them? You no, know, that's <laughs> <was> going to say. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's the south of France, and he needs a turtleneck. Like I don't, I don't think so. I don't care what month it is, but
3: inside is cold. His heart is broken. His heart is
1: cold. (laughs) Which apparently, though, like the little we know about him, apparently that's his thing. He like, when he gets to the house, the woman who brings Aurelia over is like... Bonjour,
2: Monsieur Bennett. Welcome back. And this year you bring the lady guest?
1: Uh, No, it's a change of situation. Just me.
3: Oh, am I sad or not
1: sad? I think you're not surprised. I guess his life is he dates a woman. He moves in with her his brother cheats on, like hooks up with her and then they break up and he goes to the south of France. I'm not quite sure what the whole think, situation is there. I think we need to go back and yeah. give some context though. because Probably like, true, probably we true. Jumped in
3: real, we jumped in hard. hard. Jumped
1: in hard. When well, we but started think, talking about turtlenecks. So I got I got a little hot <laughs> and bothered. I'm not gonna so, lie.
0: So, right, so it was like, this is his like, uh, like I just had a messy breakup escape house. Yeah. yeah. The so, invest
1: so, in real estate, it happens so often. I don't, I don't in his history. Sisyphusian journey, you know. <laughs>
3: So I think we need to just start though and summarize this segment. Yeah. So right. we need to give a baseline of what this is. Like we've got turtlenecks, we've got mm. South of France, we've got sadness. Um, right. So can you all give us... We are on our way. <laughs> <laughs> We're ready. We're um, ready. Can you all give us a summary of this segment? Like just the Jamie and Aurelia story.
2: Well, he I guess he gets home to his lady and she's there with somebody different. Who is his brother, I believe. That's right. And, that's, that's true. Then, and this is not good for Colin Firth, who puts on a turtleneck and goes to France to work on his murder novel, where mm-hmm. he also meets the lovely Aurelia. And it turns she's out a, she's
0: a house cleaner. She's he he hires her as a house cleaner. And I guess either his landlady or whoever is associated with that he knows down there says, I have this person for you. Yeah. This really beautiful. Portuguese woman who will clean the house for you and um, does not speak a word of French or English.
2: Yes. There's a beautiful, there's a language barrier, but as we learned from the subtitles, really there's no barrier at all because they're saying exactly the same thing. He's Um, learned the woman language. That's deep. (laughs) And he does a series of things, including, which I think we're going to, I hope we're going to spend a lot of time on this, but he's typing his, novel apparently this is his livelihood he writes these novels i assume he has, he's not just doing this on spec i'm assuming he has to give it to somebody and he's typing it without making copies on loose leaf paper outdoors on a typewriter and because it's love actually this is like a charming and endearing opportunity for them to find a connection and so she removes his mug and the papers go blowing away and then she has has to remove her clothes to go swimming, which is immediately disproven because he doesn't. He just gets in there in his turtleneck into the water. Uh, and they swim after it. They agree that it probably isn't worth rescuing, but it's too late because they're both wet and they sort of look at each other. And then that's pretty much that was all she wrote. But then she asked oh no, she asked what kind of genre it is and she does like a beautiful miming of all of the genres. And actually, incidentally, this actress helped Portugal win their best Eurovision performance ever uh, until 2017, when they actually took it all. But until then, her, I believe, 1990s performance was the best they'd ever done. am i missing anything before well, right. he goes there?
0: no i think that's i think that's basically you know, it, uncle right? jamie goes the,
2: back
0: um, to england oh there are baked goods did you notice that they're baked goods i missed the baked goods. there are baked goods yes this is important because because this actually relates to our relationship at one point he offers her like a half-eaten croissant i think mm-hmm. and yeah they make some kind of like joke about she says in Portuguese oh you're gonna get fat if you do that and he says back in English of course not understanding what he said oh you know I'm I'm you know it's all right I have a constitution I don't get you know I don't, I don't right way, anyway. yeah, but, um, yeah. At, at one point so he offers her this half-eaten croissant and um so Alexandra uh, I used to offer her uh, baked goods that I had bought on an empty stomach but didn't want or didn't, didn't want to finish and she sort of remembers this as like a distinctive element of our courtship.
2: Yeah, no, yeah. It, it was mostly so, like, does he know what species we are? Does he think I'm a bird? Like, why is he bringing me half-eaten morsels of food? <laughs> like, but Again.
0: So what I'm trying to say is. The barriers
2: is really spoke to us. We right, can I
0: see. That yeah. Very particular, uh, because otherwise, like, otherwise, like, what's the basis for the relationship? I mean, is it? That
1: is an excellent yeah. question, Steve.
0: Like, <laughs> And One I think I think it, we should devote his, some his, time to. I mean, You're in the car a lot. Yeah, you know, the,
2: you the know. ride is his the best part of his day, which again, going to the YouTube comments, uh, somebody said, I thought that was because he was really excited to get rid of her, but that is not why. He, no,
1: no, 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 no. That line
3: kills me. The like, it's the best part of my day driving you home. It's the saddest part of my day leaving you. That like tugs at my heartstrings.
1: It's my favorite
0: time of day. Driving you.
3: i don't know like when you put this uh, relationship into a time box i can then separate that happy feeling but for the
0: initial yeah. part i'm like so sweet. she just sort of she always felt that like she would settle down with like a crime novelist yeah and yeah. you know so once she found <laughs> her type no, right
2: you want anything no pun her, intended Crime novelists are prime partners. They're considerate. They're thoughtful. Mm-hmm. They like yes. Love the book, and they're, they'll just help you find like so- solutions to crimes that are outside he of- probably-
1: the- he probably has a podcast these days. He's probably doing very well for himself. Well, also, like maybe
3: she's just you know cleaning houses in the random part of the South of France that are abandoned because that's where all the murder mystery writers come to write their novels right. on their dinosaur typewriters. So she's just really <laughs> waiting for for the right one. <laughs>
1: this is a very nice typewriter. I thought I was really like that's a nice typewriter. A little, tiny, the second I
3: saw print. it, I was like, this is not practical. And I know, no, 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 I was no, like, no, this no, is a no. terrible plan. You may no. think this is romantic, but like, shut the window stay inside where is your copy like machine doesn't make any sense
1: No, it was 2003 something. so you know
0: but there is something like, like you've got mail is another one where mm-hmm. there's like a male uh, there's there's a, a character uh, a writer who's uh, uh, who refuses to like use a computer but must type everything on on a typewriter and it's like is there something romantic or charming about this I I
1: mm.
2: I don't. Tom Hanks owns lots of typewriters. He's got a typewriter collection. But then, again, right. like in real life. Yeah, in real life. Yeah, in real
1: life. Like, he fixes them. Yeah. He's
2: like the epitome of like this is what the writer's life is. Although he did write a series of stories called Elevator Stories, which you could buy, and you can still buy, I guess, by Tom Hanks with his typewriter.
1: But hey, on his typewriter.
2: I don't know if that's a good evidence that. Typewriters I mean, there are is.
1: It's funny though, we do have, we have a, we have a plurality of writers on this podcast at the moment. And uh, all of us use word processors, I'd imagine. I'll use the parlance of
0: 2003.
1: Um, It's a word (laughs) processor. And uh, I I have never found, I have found a sort of, I like typewriters. I think they're neat. I had one when I was a kid. I had an electric typewriter that was Mm. more sophisticated than the one he's using in this movie. I thought typewriters were great, but I, I would never write anything on a typewriter that wasn't like as a bit. I would do it as a bit. I'd be like, I'm well, gonna yeah, send you a letter I write on this typewriter. You know, like that's like a routine. That you'd want to save. Right. And like people had laptops in 2003. Like it isn't, yeah. you know, like that, that was absolutely something that did exist. It clearly only exists for that scene, for the scene of removing the mug and outgo the papers. It just yeah. Fe- yeah, I don't have it de- I don't have any romance to type writers. The only experience I have to writers who actually do that sort of thing is my knowledge that uh, famous television series creator David E. Kelly writes all of his scripts longhand. It and then some Tom
2: Fontana. Tom Fontana does the same thing.
1: Mm. The same thing. And, and then, then some poor, unfortunate writer's assistant has to type his legal pad scribbles and like, I just feel like that's not great. <laughs> but beyond, like, even those guys, even that, that's longhand on a legal pad. Like, so at least yeah. it's all still saved on the legal pad. Like, the typewriter is, is nothing. <laughs> it's absolutely can't make corrections. It feels so final.
2: The one advantage of doing something like a typewriter or a legal pad is it's slightly more conducive to brevity than typing where you're just like, oh, I can, Mm -hmm. this could go on as long as I wanted to. And if you're like, Mm -hmm. I have to write this with my hand on a page, then you're like, my hand is tired. I will write a shorter sentence. And maybe Colin Firth knows this about his writing style. Maybe he's just like another page of Faulkner. I can't do this. I need to get to the plot. I need to get to the meat of this for my, you know, Mickey Spillane or whatever this fellow is that he has solving murders. Um, (laughs) And... Yeah,
1: His be mystery novelist. But I was sort of struck this time watching it, I wonder what you guys think, that it's never really addressed. He just uses a typewriter. It's like it's a normal thing.
0: Yeah, it's true. Yeah,
3: it, We it, also it, like, don't know anything about his career besides that he's writing a novel now. We never know if he is like a successful novelist. We never know if he has other books. It's just kind of like, I'm going to go to this house. I'm
1: going to write a novel. I mean, I would have to assume so based on the house. Yeah, no, he got,
2: seems... He, maybe yeah. he knows the owner. Well, it could be that she... Oh, true. And I would love to see this scene is she's pulling the sheets out of the water and she ha- glances at one of them and it just says, all work and no play. Right. And she's, <laughs> Look, and she's like, oh my God, I'm trapped in this beautiful villa. And the language there prevented me from understanding the degree to which his mind is degrading.
1: That um, would be a great horror movie though because like if you have... Someone who doesn't understand English, and the audience though understand. Like the audience sees the page and sees that it's nonsense, but she mm-hmm. doesn't know that it's nonsense. Right. Oh, that's scary. Yeah. Ooh,
3: really I like turn, that. Like a Halloween version of this movie out pretty easily, I think.
1: Oh, very much so.
3: Love
2: the horror
1: love, actually. Uh-huh. Oh, well, several of the segments don't really need any tweaking to become. Yeah. Modern, as we found out, <laughs> but but this has. I, I think that one of the things this section's famous for is that like it may, one of the reasons this gets, I mean, this is one of the longer chunks of the movie. And I think one of the reasons it gets a lot of stick is because, especially now it is, it is really about a man falling in love with his employee. Yeah. In a, which is also what the Hugh Grant section's about essentially. Mm-hmm. And it isn't, great <laughs> for that to me. Because I think I said, Beth, to you, like you you said you that when the, that little translated section when he says it's my favorite part of the day driving you and, you know, then mm-hmm. she responds. You, you thought that was great. I think it's terrible because I don't feel, it isn't earned for me. Like I don't, these two people have done nothing together except refuse baked goods and drive. Like they have no mm-hmm. They no connection. Never
0: have a substantive conversation. They can't. No, have until any they're right. They
1: can't have any conversation. Well, actually, they kind of do have a substantive... They just don't know it. They, they've they've responded to yeah, each yeah. other substantively. <laughs> they just don't know. It.
2: And that's supposed to be the magic of it. No, because imagine that she wasn't saying what we, the audience, know her to be saying. Then suddenly, none of this is okay. Right. But if he doesn't have any that we have. He's just barely learning the language. So I mean, all he has to go on is body language which admittedly she does like a like her body language seems friendly but that doesn't mean anything like
0: right mm-hmm. that,
2: that's no- well, and not not yeah.
0: I, but the, so the right after the the pond scene when they're, mm-hmm. they're they're both soaking wet and they come back into the house and she she's like you know like we're gonna drive home now right and and he's just sort of they sort of stand there for a while and it's supposed to be like oh they're kind of falling for each other you know looking at each other but But okay, she's still his employee, a and then b. Like her expression is also almost like, I don't know, like trapped almost. (laughs) Is she? She looks. She looks like that woman in the Peloton ad. Like a little bit, like like little little bit sort of like a hostage video expression. Like it it was very weird. Like it was. It's the body language isn't quite. Isn't quite what I think that they meant to ha- what meant it to be? Huh?
2: Yeah. I don't It's you know, because the Peloton, the actress, then went on this like sort of small apology tour where she was like, "This is just what my face and my face was trying to convey right. being trapped in this, Which I guess part of that's like she had to say that for Peloton, but also I just right. feel bad that that's <laughs> everyone. <laughs> like, you learn, like, after you've been in a nationwide commercial, that people are like, We think you look terrified. You
1: think you right, All the time. You're neutral. You have resting like, terror. You are okay. Right. <laughs>
3: yeah. Resting
1: hostage face. So,
3: but, I mean, yeah. with, with their relationship, like, the thing that really kind of turned me away from this, because I do like this storyline. I think it's, mm-hmm. I like the kind of like misconnection feeling of their initial conversations. But this takes place over two weeks total. From meeting to proposal to learning Portuguese and learning English. And like that is just unreasonable in my mind. And when it's spaced out there out of film, you're like, oh, it's been so long. And then when you see like the time stamps of like two weeks to Christmas, one week to Christmas, Christmas, you're like, I'm sorry, what? You have done yeah. what time frame? Like you really spent a week together, and then you spent like four days away from each other, and then you decided not like, oh, I miss her. I'd like to go see her and like maybe date. Like it's I'm gonna marry her. Yeah. Oh,
2: oh my, my gosh! I always was thinking oh, yeah. it was a year later. Exactly. I always yeah. that he skips like he, but I guess it doesn't make sense because the Christmas the Christmas time frame right. But may, I thought maybe he just let. I, I know he leaves the house with his family and he spends a year studying Portuguese and then right. he... that seems reasonable. <laughs> that would
1: be, that would be an interesting, that would be one way to do it. But it really is just that like, yeah, because of the six months later finale, we know like this all takes place in this like four weeks to Christmas time frame, And he like disappears from this movie for a very long chunk of time. Uh, it's like, two weeks to Christmas when he even gets into the house. And then it's one week to Christmas when they really get going. And it's just a very like, I mean, she doesn't show up until 40 minutes into this thing. Mm -mm. And it's a real like, yeah, that that storyline takes a very very long time to develop and to get, or just to get started. It doesn't take long to develop. It develops very very quickly, Beth, as you pointed as you pointed out. Too quickly. Yeah, I think his Portuguese at the end is appropriate for a week and a half of study, though, okay. like of intensive study you think? It's pretty I, I pretty I bad. Idiom,
2: <laughs> like, he's got some idiomatic usages as well as "I want to marry you," mm-hmm. um,
1: right. His
2: Some tense issues. Relevant.
1: Well, and you imagine, I like to have, I would believe that he would have rehearsed that in Portuguese, that mm-hmm. he would have like written that or at least like decided he what was, like, he was going to say. When you go
3: to travel somewhere new, you kind of learn the common phrases like, right. where is the bathroom? I don't speak this language. Can you tell me where blah, blah, blah is? Like, right. he, I really hope he would have gotten down. Dad like, is going to sell years. my
1: daughter, do- my sister to this Englishman. You know, the common phrases you learn <laughs> in every...
3: <laughs> the response sell oh, I'll pay him
1: right, I'll pay him, yes, that was good. It does get really funny at the end. I have to say. like it is because I do actually want to ask you guys this is this is a good question for this part um what is your general impression of Richard Curtis, the man who wrote and directed this uh this motion picture? <laughs> do you have an impression of him, I should say?
2: I don't know. I feel like it's sort of you know, your elephant phenomenon where based on each of these pieces, you could come up with a totally different type of creature that you would think the elephant was. Like if you're touching the trunk, you're like, it's probably mm-hmm. some sort of snake. And if you're touching uh-huh. the lake, like, it's gotta be a tree. And j- so just like based on this snippet and then based on the movie as a whole, I feel like I have two totally different um, conceptions of him. Mm. But I also feel like he's capable of like short bursts of good writing that or Emma Thompson elevates all of the material she's given. Yes, because like the whole like season <laughs> where she's just like you've made my life foolish too. I'm like that gets me every time. That's mm-hmm. good. and just all of that works so well. And then you have just like sort of this broad co- comedy of like, well, wouldn't it be funny if the s- subtitles always show that they understood each other perfectly? Um, <laughs> I do like uh, the uh, restaurant patrons, like this, especially disbelief where the restaurant patrons are not only like, well. Yes, of course. This is a thing that happens because it's Christmas, and you are supposed to fly in from Gatwick Airport to propose. And right. we're going to be completely silent. I'm just impressed that like there's a completely silent restaurant waiting for Colin Firth to say all of this. Um, and I like like a little cutaways to the old gentleman being like, "Ah, oh, yes, I once yes. was in love too." I see what he's doing there. He's taking his chance, which I think is actually what sells that proposal. Is like the couple of shots of like the old dudes being like. I'm glad someone's saying it. Sort of. So <laughs> finally. <laughs> so I feel like that, like making things work that you on paper you'd be like, none of this would work, and, and Richard Curtis makes it work.
0: I have no impressions of this guy. But, um, uh, in fact, in fact, I think that's the first, the first time I heard his name was uh, was just now. So, um, <laughs> uh, but 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 I mean, the, the other thing about the. um about the proposal scene though is um the crowd yeah like mm-hmm.
1: what?
2: yeah like, i it,
0: love the parade of people the parade i of, love the yeah. it's like a, like, like a, a crowd like spontaneously arranges itself and like is calling for what does he think is happening you know like like does does he understand why they're there there? It's like okay cool yeah you can all come you know and then they get there and it's like right and and and, and it's 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 like you're you're proposing you know, on the jumbotron at like Yankee stadium. Mm-hmm. Like you can't say mm-hmm. no, exactly. right? Even, right. If you don't mean, even if you don't mean it, you can't say no in that circumstance, right?
2: Mm-hmm. But, like it's a little bit. It, yeah, it's, once again, like, he's creating what a she's pressuring like a, situation. Exactly. For like, poor yeah. Aurelia. Um, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a situation yeah. of public pressure where there's like a power imbalance. Yeah, <laughs> um,
1: exactly. yeah. and her whole family and the entire village. And,
2: and her boss was like, she's my best waitress. I, I don't wish to lose her. That
1: was, I will say this time, one joke too many. That jo- when he did. says I that, that, I was just like, do you like that? I, 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 it was one moment I was like, I don't think we need a joke here. I think we need to get into this scene. I'm sure she's a good waitress. I believe it. She, <laughs> she seems like a very dutiful person. She seems like she takes her work very seriously. She dove into the lake to get the book. Like, I'll bet she can bring somebody their coffee in a prompt time. You
2: but know. Not only to Colin first, but also to the camera, which just, I feel like it, yeah. it, it's not doing his best work where it's just like, uh, yes, what are parts that women have? Well, faces, but we've, we've already covered that. Let's just, let's focus elsewhere. And so you just like very like, now that we've established that like she could be an object of desire exactly. through our camera yeah. moments, we yeah. don't need yeah. to tell anymore if they had a conversation, forget about it. Like, it's like, okay, movie, I see what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, like this movie has some serious weight issues. I,
0: I was, Oh, oh like, my God, the fat yeah. shaming in this part is yeah. terrible. Well, like like, mm-hmm. yeah. like, doing, like yeah. the idea
2: of what a fat person is, the idea of like how a body should be. Yeah. I don't know. In like,
3: I mean, this one, you get everything too from like fat shaming to skinny shaming like <sighs> you get all of it. You get like Miss Dunkin' Donuts to like skinny moron. Um.
1: That that Miss Dunkin' Donuts 2003 thing is the, is just, that wasn't funny then. You know what I mean? Like that one is just like, there's some of the other ones where I'm like, well, it was 20 years ago almost. I guess that's what humor was doing. But like that one, I'm just like, that is just flat mean. It's not funny.
2: It's but just it, plain mean. The cherished Boston institution. Um, and like there's no shame in being affiliated with no, it. But is say, it big is in, it in the
1: Portuguese section of Marseille in France? Like that's no, is what it bad the,
3: that I immediately was like, oh, hell yes. I would crush being Miss Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> <Is that laughs> for that job?
1: is the other point you know <laughs> like it's it's i'm sure you get a lot of good coffee and donuts mm-hmm. and crawlers. what do you got but yeah i uh, yes there is so much fat shaming in this section and it starts as sort of as steve pointed out um in this insidious way where he offers her the the baked goods and then she's like if you saw my sister you'd understand kind of as a throwaway but, line yeah, and it's yeah. like no no that's a setup for a joke that's coming much later because oh, we're gonna yeah, put yeah. but you know to put a woman in a shot and you'd be like she 's conventionally unattractive like what is the what is the situation here like what's the what's the casting I, 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 an
3: attractive. Yeah. like that's the other thing it's I mean like- one of the things with like Richard Curtis and like i 'm glad neither of you have a strong impression of him <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry for anything i 'm going to say that's going to mar the idea of this man, but i don't think he writes women well or the idea of women well, and they all have this kind of underlying tone of like a woman is valuable if she 's attractive, a woman is Um, worthwhile if she's an object of beauty and then the kind of um, foil to that are these people who they decide are not worth as much who get fat shamed like there's that line of like would we call her chubby like uh, yeah Yeah. we would like there's just so much um, interpretation of like a woman's worth based on her body shape in this film that it like makes me want to just like pull my hair out yeah.
0: Right. And it's it is again particularly accentuated, I think, in this storyline because mm-hmm. there's so little again, there's no substantive dialogue, you know. Yeah, right. Exactly.
3: Yeah. But there is a very long shot of her tramp stamp. Yes,
1: yes. Exactly. Right. Which in two thousand three those were new. So like that was a thing that she had a tramp stamp.
2: Really? But
1: well like were they I got they, they were new to me. But I'm, the <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, yes, citation needed.
1: yeah. Um, <laughs> Cite but your source.
2: <laughs> I, I agree. I also feel like they're sort of like A, the women only have value as sort of like this object that you're gonna receive for Christmas. Um and B, Ooh, I like that. They sort of aren't ever protagonists, even when they're sort of in a protagonist position, they're always in the position of like reacting to like what the guy in their life's doing. Mm-hmm. So like even the ones where you're like, this is sort of Emma Thompson's story. She's like the focal point, but does she have agency at any point? Her agency is like in the, is deciding like how to respond to the situation she's been put in. Same thing with Laura Linney, where it's like, she doesn't get to like affirmatively make choices. It's, she's just sort of like, or I mean, she could theoretically just call this guy and be like, Yo, you know, tonight's not gonna work because I have a complicated situation where I care for my brother. But apparently that's not an option because it's Christmas. Um. No, but you're it,
3: totally right. I'm trying to think through all the plot lines and, like, every you're single, Same thing. Yeah, she's um, responding to, like, her best friend, her husband's best friend hitting on her. Like, there's no... Even, like, the little American girl doll who sings All I Want for Christmas, she's responding to Sam telling her that... Is that his name, Sam? Did I make
1: that up? Sam. Yeah, name his name, Sam.
3: But he likes her. Like, all... Every single woman is responding to the outside circumstances that she's been put in. It's not her saying, like, I want to do this for myself. Yeah, like,
2: Lordly's as close as you come, and that's not very close. No.
1: When it's very sad, too. I mean, I, I think Emma Thompson's plot line, at least I think because of the way it ends, does that in the best way, because part of the problem, part of the tragedy is her lack mm-hmm. of agency in that section, you know what I mean? And that her husband is taking advantage of her lack of agency. Like, that is part of the tragedy of that section, But you're right. There are no proactive. There are a lot of women characters, and there's not one. Go ahead. The
3: only proactive women are the witches that trick Colin into bringing them to England.
1: That's true. The the Americans, the American women, are proactive. That's right. So the drug, witches, the drug runners.
3: So sorry, I'm filling you in on that. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> we have Yeah. Oh yes, yeah. we have a theory that they're either that it's either a coven of witches stealing his soul and now i have entered England through him, or my theory was that they're all uh, drug dealers and have gotten him addicted and now they're using him as a mule to bring drugs into the United Kingdom.
3: Either way, they're running a business. They're doing. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There is there is there is a little
0: bit at least in this in this uh, episode. Uh, she does kiss him first, so. Yes, he, I did like that. Overwhelmingly mm. kind of told from his perspective, um, you know, there is, the, it, which which kind of makes you feel like, huh, is she really actually interested in her boss? But she does you know say yes, man?
2: thank you, I will be interested.
0: Yeah, no, I know, I know, so that's the thing, is that it's, it's not.
2: Yeah, she could have learned how to like politely let him down in English.
0: Well, no, 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 no. no. Right. This is this is before. This is when oh. he leaves. This is you
1: when she yeah, when she he drops like, her like, off on the side of the street yeah, right yeah. before yeah. the car he hits him.
0: Off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That no, part no, doesn't no. make any Proposals sense to me. Totally, you can't interpret yeah. anything she yeah. does yeah. in front I of all, all those people as authentic right. Because, right. because because, because the people. circumstance doesn't allow yeah. for it. Yeah. Right. No, this is this is before. This is when when last time he's dropping
1: her off when he thinks he's never going to see her again. Yeah. Yeah. And she does kiss him.
2: Yeah. Hey. After
1: one week, yeah. So see. she does something. She uh, Well, a, a smidge, certainly. And we do know how she feels. I mean, that's the things we know and he hopes. Mm-hmm. But getting kind of backing up for a second, one thing that really struck me this time is that the scene where she jumps into the lake really works against itself. Because what you have in that scene is the opportunity for these two characters who are kind of like, they like each other fine and they work and there's maybe some attraction there. She then suddenly does something very selfless for him. It's this really like, oh, I'm rescuing your work. It's a very, very selfless thing. That's the thing that should get him attracted to her is this knowledge of like, wow, she's really kind and great and wonderful. But what it actually is, is the fact that she's hot. And it's so yeah. clearly in the way it's shot that he sees her for the first time as hot. Yeah. Oh God, it's half the book.
2: Just oh no, just, just leave them, please, they're not important. There, there, not worth it. Stop. Stop. Ah.
0: It's all just rubbish.
3: Just leave it.
1: Oh, God, she's in. And then he can be like, oh, you're hot, cool. We can be together then. Cause you're, I didn't know, somehow did not notice that before, first of all, but second of all. It was the turtleneck. the turtleneck. a the, the, relationship can move on to the next level. And that's so, it's such an own goal. You've got the scene, See, she's doing the thing. She's dumping in the water, like that's amazing. And he can spend the rest of the scene talking about how amazing it was that she jumped in the water. And she can talk about in her in without him knowing about like how like I just felt like you know I like you and I wanted to save your book or something. But like it's there, and he just went in the other direction. And was like, no, hot lady, crime novel. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm
2: thinking about it from like maybe from, to sort of re-advocate uh, on a in a different way. Um, <laughs> you know, I feel like whenever I'm like to play devil's advocate, I'm like that I automatically dismiss this argument. So I'm trying to figure out an alternative way of saying it that's different. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I if Colin Firth showed up and I I, I arrive at my new place of work and holy crap my employer is Colin Firth and it seems like we have a lot in common we both hate mm-hmm. to be offered croissants like we both enjoy saying our sentiments in whatever language we're saying them in and we have a sense that they're similar and I really want him to notice me and he hasn't noticed me yet maybe mm-hmm. I would be like hey his writings in the lake now is my time to showcase my beautiful form but. Right. Unfortunately, the way huh. it's shot doesn't give us the opportunity to be like, "Oh, this is like her, like having a moment of like he hasn't seen me, Let me show him myself." It, it just much more feels like this is mm. for the, the camera's benefit. It's and,
1: very male gaze, yeah. In that moment,
2: like, notice me, Colin. Right, you're and right. there's
1: also like no
0: sense of there's no sense of that. That's that's what she's doing. Right, it's like, just like she right. thinks she, no, like, she could underwater. look back maybe and be like, "Yeah, I can see that you're or something," you know, something, right? Yeah, exactly. They, they could they could, mm-hmm. they could make it work in that way. And, and and just pick up on what you were saying though earlier is. Um, you know, it doesn't work in the opposite direction with Colin Firth, right? Yeah, she he has, just falls in the water. He just falls in the water, like with his perfect on, <laughs> he right? To get right. right?
2: He could have t- easily taken off that <laughs> yeah. turtleneck. You know, he loves to get wet in ponds.
0: And and so so like she has to fall in love with him without like admiring his figure, yeah. right? But well, it doesn't work the other way.
2: And you I'm also sorry, I
1: forgot movie. we had the identical scene in Pride and Prejudice, Alexander. Yeah. You just <laughs> broke me a little bit. Hang on. <laughs>
3: totally forgot about that okay well, i'm back he call, like a buffoon
2: in that <laughs> one no no he's
1: swimming it, 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 well, darcy is great. swimming is like your
2: mother would make you watch pride and prejudice with mr colin firth every mother's day every
1: mother's
0: day we had to watch that movie
1: <laughs> that is the that is my wife's christmas movie she watches that while she wraps presents she watches the pride and prejudice miniseries and so yeah the, he, he goes swimming at his estate which is amazing and lizzie runs into him clump, coming out of the water all wet and he looks amazing and but yeah i forgot there's a scene of him swimming in a pond in that movie
3: too. like wacky wobbly inflatable thing falling into the no not that he's he's not
1: no in, in pride and prejudice he's just straight oh, hot he's not charmingly befuddled he's he's uh you know oh. richard curtis didn't write <laughs> pride and prejudice Thanks, where God. all the men are dorks and all the women are <laughs> disproportionately hot no not the
2: A very female not, or gazy, or like just like g- gazing mm-hmm. at the men folks who cares who's gazing at the men folks gazy type love actually or mm-hmm. just like- we deserve something too Yeah. Let's do it. We're just like, there's a bunch of like passive hot dudes being active. No, not like, this is is a society I want to build. No, it's not. I don't want this. I just want everyone (laughs) to be treated like people. But we can have one movie and then we're like, okay, Love Actually is square.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I do have to, I want to point out a fun fact before we leave the lake though, that the water they were in in that scene was only 18 inches deep. So they are... When when she dives into that water, that is a risky stunt. I hope she got hazard pay for oh, that. Oh wait,
3: yeah, that's. I was a diver and like diving into three feet at the end of the pool. Like I got in trouble several times for thinking oh, yeah. I should. Do yeah, that. if you
1: notice, if you know that that water is super shallow, and you watch her you jump into it, it is a it fast. is somebody jumping into very shallow water. You can see the way she's like keeping her head up and like yeah, I'm sure it wasn't great. Where, where was uh, it? Swing?
0: I actually don't know.
1: It was filmed in the south of France, that's actually. It was, okay. Yeah, it was filmed in there. Um, where
0: all ponds are 18 inches deep.
1: Where all ponds are 18 inches deep. And also, I want to say, I looked it up while we were talking, uh, tramp stamps came in in the late 90s, early 2000s, so. Thank I you for right. getting
3: that piece of historical information I for
1: was us. right, I um, was correct. I
3: also was becoming aware that tattoos were a thing in the late 90s, early 2000s, so uh I wanted to make sure they didn't just become a thing for
1: mine. I also did look up. So there's a lot of confusion as to where the end of this part of the movie takes place. And so I traced it just to make sure I was right. He flies from as as Alexander said, uh, Gatwick Airport. I don't know why he goes to Gat. Steve, Steve, you lived in England for a while, didn't you? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was I was wondering the same thing.
3: Because but- Gatwick, yeah, like not the closest. Heathrow is, but Gatwick's still in the tube. Yeah, Gatwick's right? way
0: up north. It's it's far. It's really far.
3: Yeah,
2: and he takes a, a cab. He doesn't take the tea. Right, takes he a also cab. doesn't take anything with him,
3: and then comes back months later. Well, maybe he like...
2: came back immediately. Well, that's the, then he came back. Yeah,
1: that is unclear as to whether he like comes back to England after they they get engaged, and then they go. I assumed until till, until Beth you pointed out differently, which is a perfectly valid reading based on the context clues. I always assumed they got married and then went on a honeymoon and like then came week. to England. But now that I say that he hasn't, she hasn't met any of his friends. So probably not true. You're probably right, <laughs> He's probably been in France that whole time. He
3: had no luggage, he just.
1: <laughs> yep, but so he flies to Marseille. We see him get off at Marseille airport. And then he goes to her, this, part of Marseille where everybody is Portuguese and it was so funny that I I started typing into Google is there a large Portuguese population and it auto filled with in Mm, Um,
0: Marseille
1: and there are articles written about this yes apparently there is a very very large Portuguese population in Marseille so that's just yeah so they're just in Marseille partially due to immigration by Portuguese sailors is what it it says more
3: you know so there
1: you go but so they are in France at the end. This is he didn't fly to Portugal. Okay. Um and that though how he knows exactly where she lives I don't know because he didn't drop her off at her house. Yeah, even though exactly. he's supposed to be driving you her home. He drop her yeah. off on
0: like a freeway.
1: On the overpass, yeah, I, it, yeah, dropped, yeah, I, it looks like the wire where he drops her off. Yeah. It's like all that high fencing and kids playing basketball and I'm like, Wait. "Where does she live, man?"
3: My in my mind she she didn't even live there. Like she was just there on like a Work visa Hi. or something. I've only yeah, no, she lives now there. in this moment connected that like she was going home to like the house where she lives with her family
1: mm-hmm. with her dad and her sister. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Wow. Mind blown.
1: Yeah. Look at that. You learn something new every day. I was like,
3: wow, what a sad that thing that she has to leave this job so early. Like, how dare you fall on <laughs> her? On
2: Christmas Eve, like, or Christmas in the restaurant,
3: like, she doesn't have it off. Oh, that's true. It is Christmas Eve, isn't it? And they're not even like... I feel like Christmas Eve is something you don't get off as much if you're in the service industry. That like Christmas Day is maybe more guaranteed, but people want to go out to dinner on Christmas exactly. Eve. Exactly.
0: There are a lot of like celebrating after dinner. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. also a band that we don't get to hear because of the story. They don't play anything. I know. They, they play. No, they play. You just don't get to well, hear they, them. They've got an accordion and the guitar. if you
1: watch, if you yeah. look at that shot, I backed it up because it cracked me up. If you look at the shot where they go up to the balcony and she comes out, they pan over and you catch the band and they're just sitting there. They're not playing a note. And the guitarist is is straight barreling the camera. Like just, just totally <laughs> like in his and he's just like sort of sitting there. And it's just so, yeah, the band is like on break in their chairs. in that segment. <laughs> They're it waiting for the proposal. The I mean, they, you know, they're waiting, right. Cause then they need to break in, but then they get drowned out by the score. Yeah. So
3: yeah. I <laughs> like the score in this part and I like the staircase moment. So mm-hmm. I cannot be as mad. Um, about the band,
1: I, I'm usually a pretty big bummer on the music in this movie in general, and I have to notice that I liked the score in this section too. He gets the very sad music, and I liked it. I like the Patrick sad. Patrick
3: is not a fan of Kelly Clarkson's "The Trouble with Love Is," which that I is think false. Really, like, I am fun. a fan of <laughs> Kelly
1: Clarkson's "The Trouble with <laughs> Love Is." I am not a fan of any other song in this movie. <laughs> you
2: not a <laughs> fan? Of one. Only one for Christmas is
1: you. That's not that version of it. I'm a fan I'm, of the Mariah Carey version. Girl of it.
2: doll, come
3: on.
1: I am a fan of the. Girl uh, Girl uh, Girl. Uh, Right. I'm a fan of the Mariah Carey version. And I do love, for ironic reasons, Christmas is All Around Us, sung by Bill oh, Nighy. Yeah.
3: It's the perfect song. I want
1: to I wanna back up for one second because there's something that happens in the plot that for some reason I got obsessed with and maybe it's just me. But if it's not, um, I would like to devote some time to it, which is the scene where he goes to uh, Chihuahua Ejiofor's wedding and then comes back to the flat and his girlfriend is sick. And we have seen her in bed with like a red nose and and sounding snotty. God, I'm so late. It's just round the corner, you'll make it. You sure you don't mind
3: me going without you?
1: No, really, I'm just feeling so rotten. I love you. I know.
3: I love you even when you're sick and look, disgusting.
1: (laughs) I know, now go. We will actually miss it. Right. Did I mention that I love you?
2: Yes, you did. Get out,
1: loser. And discovers his brother in the foyer, and then she yells down.
2: Hurry up, big
3: boy! I'm naked. And I want you at least twice before Jamie gets
1: home. My question really was: Did she put makeup on her safe self to make herself look sick, so that he would believe she was sick, or is she really sick? And like her, his brother's into it. I'm not like it. Really, it just for some reason stuck with me. Anyone else? I'm
2: trying to remember. Was she at the wedding? No. So she he's stayed home. She from stayed the wedding.
1: Home she
2: stayed wedding. home to
1: shag his brother, theoretically.
2: See, I mean, as somebody who like I like attending weddings up to a point, I understand half of that decision. Uh, but <laughs> and I feel like you would be like, well, he's bound to be gone for a while because weddings take such a long time. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, my guess would be. She just pretended to be sick, and he, being Colin Firth, didn't inquire too deeply into it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But, um, I don't know. Maybe she's. It's fine if
1: it didn't tick anybody else. It just it really both drove me nuts this time.
0: The thing that drove me nuts is that when he goes back to see his family, his brother mm-hmm. is there. Yes, hiding in the background. I love it. He's
2: They're like cowering background.
1: behind the crowd. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, love he's that.
2: Right around and just goes. So splendid. It's lovely, love Seahorse,
3: and. Uh, yeah.
1: I used to
3: know. I'm off, actually.
1: But Jamie darling! Sorry. Honey,
3: a man's gotta got to do top top. what a man's gotta do.
1: Listen. I hate Uncle Jamie. I hate Uncle Jamie. I hate Uncle Jamie. It's even
0: worse to me now that it's it was two weeks. <laughs> yeah. You're not gonna have a cooling off period here, maybe not see each other. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah.
3: There had to have been a conversation of, like, so-and-so is going to be at Christmas. Can you boys behave? Can you manage it? Right. A mom would definitely have that conversation.
1: Oh, sure. Well, they're bad sons, though. They they say that. They are bad sons. And also, apparently, it was, like, his mom's birthday in the near vicinity, because that gets mentioned. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know if it's in January, but...
3: The thing at the beginning that bugged me more than, like... um is she sick or is she pretending uh, was mm. the idea that like when he, how mean she is to him, he says like, I love you. Oh, she yeah. says, no. She calls him a loser. I'm
2: yeah. like,
3: pushes him out. It's like, you are plotting and you are not even caring that like you're going to continue to be able to try and like, be like, Oh no, I do love you. And then I'm going to go cheat on you in the background. Like it just made um. me sad. <laughs> If she's Uh, pretending she's got an elaborate scheme that she's really not hiding like her disdain for him well at all.
1: Yeah, not, no, it's pretty, it's pretty awful. Mm -hmm. And I do, it it made doubly awful I noticed this time by the fact that like he just witnessed not only a wedding, but like that big finale with all you need is love and like this whole thing. So I'm sure when he walked into the house, he was like buzzing in that kind of like hopeless Mm -hmm. romantic way, Richard Curtis characters do. And uh, yeah, then it was just, so much so that he disappears for a large chunk of the movie. <laughs> he gets to regroup before he goes to the south. He has to
3: come he's inside the turtleneck and then he has to slowly and then he has to work to slowly his pull way. <laughs>
1: so we see
3: then he him goes. like at the, the appropriate amount of turtleneck hiding. We <laughs> can't shoot the first part.
2: <laughs> no, I, I wonder though, because what's her end game here? Like so does she see a future for herself with Colin First's brother? Has she anticipated what the holidays are going to be like in that case? I guess maybe every holiday would show up, drop off his gifts, turn, say a man's got to do what he's got to do and leave, and that can be yeah. their ritual. But I just feel like it's very short-sighted. And mm-hmm. I, I guess also like when you're telling a story and you want people to feel sympathetic towards a character, one of the number one things you can do is just have show somebody cheating on them who's like clearly bad. And I mm. feel like they're... This movie is not subtle that it wants us to like Colin Firth uh, even more than his natural charm and good looks are endearing him to us, so that's probably a strong move on the movie's part uh, where our viewer sympathies are concerned. We don't want to be like, no, but she said she loved him. Maybe it was a one-time mistake. We don't need this. The runtime is too short.
1: Right. Don't have any time for this at all. Yeah.
2: Well, the runtime is
3: not short.
1: <laughs> well, not for the movie, but for his for his story. Even though this is one of the longer parts of the movie, he really doesn't have that much screen time. I was a little surprised of of just how uh, how little of the like this the plot. It really flies through, and it makes you kind of go, "Oh, okay, interesting." Like, and we're out, and they're in love,
2: mm-hmm. which again happens in two weeks.
1: This this is the fourth longest part of the movie. Uh, taking up about 20% of the film.
3: I think I want to talk about the problematic portion of this um, segment. Isn't that what we've been doing? Yeah, but I (laughs) want to rank them. I want to make I want to know what's the most problematic because we've We've talked about, like, body shaming. We've talked about how fast their relationship goes. And I feel like there's a lot to pick from for, like, which is the worst. But, like, Mm -hmm. what's the thing about this storyline that makes you go, oh, no, I don't believe them anymore?
2: I just feel like 100% of it. But (laughs) 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 that's too –
1: a little general
2: yeah, It's, a little, g- it's a little broad. <laughs> like,
3: Nicole, like for me the thing that turned me off this time was like the timeline of it i was like no i'm not on board anymore like it's lovely <laughs> it's sentiments it's but like, gaming,
0: I- like i gotta say yeah i that was not my assumption going in my understanding going in yeah, it, but just, it it's has movie to be done it feels yeah,
2: longer. yeah. So, mm-hmm. i think the, him being a, a typewriter person honestly is what poisons the well for me I think his <laughs> right to leave him if that's how he's handling his entire like overall wow. and typewriter like,
1: people are gonna like come you. for you you have really come 180 degrees on that though because only a second ago you were just like what's her mind of the future of this relationship if she's cheating on this guy with a brother and now you're like you know what he types on a typewriter he deserves what he gets
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I pulled a complete 180 or 360, depending on how far around... Um, how
1: far around it goes, exactly
2: right. <laughs> um, I mean, if I'm now moving backwards, but I think yeah, she may have had a clear vision for the future of the relationship, but she knew there could be none with a man with his typewriter who likes to type outdoors in high winds. My yeah. And, if that's, and that's the beginning of this relationship with Aurelia, and I just don't see the things in it for just... He's living in 2003. He doesn't need to mm-hmm. live this way. Doesn't
1: need that way. No, not um, at all. Especially without comment. It's it's too old fashioned without a comment. It deserves a comment. Of just like yeah. I just like I have to write on this typewriter. Yeah, it's her sisters like
2: said, oh typewriter man is back. You were well shot of right. him. Um, <laughs> this guy, the guy who you made it well from that river from pond area because he had to dive in for uh, Mickey Spillane solves the curse of the Jaguars truth <laughs> <laughs> for a book. And another reason My good. he's, Colin Perth. Um, he's <laughs> been titling his books in this elaborate backstory I'm giving him. I'm I was going to say,
1: you've that. created a rich backstory uh, for this character. Yeah, I like it. I'm ready. here for it. I'm a hundred percent here for it. <laughs>
2: It is, the time fighter really gets me. It reminds me of the whole artifice of it. And I know this this story is probably the most artificial, except for maybe, I don't know, I sort of like the Joanna story. Like, I she can sing like an angel. She seems lovely. <laughs> I feel like you're like...
1: Well, and they're kids. Yeah. I she, mean, there there is, a, there, I think you're right, because, uh, yeah, the Joanna storyline with Sam, they're kids. So it's, that, it's a certain... they are supposed
2: to not have, like,
1: two weeks is a long time for them. But Kyle yeah.
2: is a grown man. And, yeah, two weeks is not a long time. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: Oh, and their level of interaction is non-existent. That's, but Steve, no, what do you is, no, yeah? That's it. They, they like
0: they, they have no idea whether once they are finally able to you know communicate, whether they'll be able to have a conversation, sustain a conversation about literally anything. Right. right. It's like oh, remember that time we both went in the pond? I mean, like
2: <laughs> <laughs> those <laughs> were the
3: yeah, days. Like really, that sounds like the conversation that yeah. and would have. Like remember that time that like. I said hi, and then you said hey. Like, yeah,
1: yeah. But they're thirteen. Like, that's
2: no. It's it's like,
3: it's like that but that interaction applied on like grownups, like Alexander right. said, Like, that's not enough.
1: Mm-hmm. No, that's no. <laughs> no, it's no good. I, I mean, I'm kind of with Alexandra. I think hundred percent. But the, uh, but the, the part that I really lose it on is when is when the the movie slows down because he's attracted to her because of it's her physical appearance. That really feels so shallow to me that I don't buy the thing that happens afterwards that he's like no I've always been in love with you driving you home and she's like I love you know it's my saddest part because also the line it's the saddest part of my day leaving you could apply that her imply that her home life is terrible you know what I mean like that where she's going is worse than where she is
3: we've made this a dark scary movie
1: it really (laughs) it's not that hard because we don't know anything (laughs) about these people (laughs) <laughs> Their backstory is an open slate. He's writing Mickey Splane fan fiction for no money.
2: <laughs> cool. I don't know. I think every Christmas story is a horror story to badly misquote David Foster Wallace. Like, mm. like all Hallmark movies are fundamentally horror movies at the root. Mm-hmm. Anything where you have to be taught to love something that you didn't previously love, like that's just right for horror. That's like 1984. Yeah. Right there. Um,
3: you know, I don't yeah. think I'm ever going to be able to watch like a Hallmark
2: movie the same way again. You're no, because you also get trapped in a movie. Like, like the, if you played it for horror instead of for, like, oh look, her car broke down and she's trapped in Christmas Town and mm-hmm. she can't go back to her job in the big city. Now she has to stay here at this B and B with this lumberjack man and his child who keeps talking to her about cookies. Like, it's. It's a slightly different aspect, and suddenly you're like, okay, this is a horror movie, and they're all horror movies. Someone please hire
1: Alexander to write. I was going to say,
3: lots we, of money, it's going to be on I'm by not- Christmas. Come on. I think
1: I think we've learned a lot about you just now, <laughs> Alexander, and
3: coming
2: to theaters 2024. I know. Yeah, I was going say, I want it now. <laughs> so, right, we
1: want it on Netflix, and we want it there right now.
2: <laughs> it's well, I being feel shot.
1: Like
3: now that you're going to write us a Hallmark movie, we can yeah. show you the ranking system. Let's
1: rank this section of the movie. <laughs>
3: that might include a reference to a Hallmark.
1: So basically, on a scale of one to nine, how Christmassy is this part of the movie? Just this part of the movie, not the, not the whole movie.
2: How Christmassy.
1: Yeah, oh. how Christmassy is this part this of the movie?
2: This part it? of the movie is not that Christmassy.
1: Yeah, it's not.
0: It's really
2: not. Yeah. It's like a three. Because he does say, I'm here to propose because it's Christmas. And other than that, there's no Christmas content. He leaves right. the family Christmas gathering to go do right.
0: It. Yeah, he packs his, his car full of Christmas gifts, but it's
1: right. I mean, but then, yeah. yeah,
0: it's really not that
1: not that Christmasy. What do you no. wait, so? What what number do you give it, Steve? You got two. three from Alexandra. Got two. It's a two. Yeah,
2: I'm yeah. I'm revising to
3: a two as well. Revising
1: to a two. Revising down to a two. Beth. Oh,
3: I see. I'm normally on that same thought process as you all of like, was Christmas mentioned? Is it Christmassy? Mm-hmm. But I feel like this is also the exact plot of like. What the Christmas Prince was, or any type of like Netflix, like kind of Christmas movie is. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna give it Hallmark Lifetime. I'm giving it a four.
1: I'm giving it a two. Now we are, but more importantly than quality and and Christmassy to me is how British do you think this, uh, this yours, this segment of Love actually is? I
2: think it's it's like, very British because it's pretty British. It's like a miscommunication based love story that involves Colin Firth getting into a pond. So that's as British as it comes. <laughs>
1: That's yeah. good. Yeah, that's the really thing. So what number would you assign to
2: that? <laughs> i think an eight or a nine. Oh, wow. Really? That?
1: Okay. It's
2: British to me. I don't know. Maybe. You want an eight and a half? Colin Firth.
1: That's true. Colin Firth does make everything a Colin little Firth bit more better.
2: Colin Firth makes everything better.
1: <laughs> so we're going to give it an eight and a half, Alexandra? Is that what yeah. you'd say? All right. What about you, Steve?
0: Wow. That's a compelling point. I'm going to give it an eight. Wow. I'm going to give it
1: an eight.
3: I don't know. I'm stuck on this one because I feel like Colin Firth like, is England, so that is a rather compelling point. Mm-hmm. But most of the storyline takes place in France. She's mm-hmm. Portuguese. The kind of like miscommunication being a love story feels very British. I'm going to say six. I'm going to give us Andrew Lloyd Webber, doing laundry yeah. in his kitchen. Yeah. Just,
2: one of the best that.
1: Yeah, I would though. I'm gonna give it a seven I would give it an eight but I'm taking off points for it taking place in France that is a big like a big uh, knock for me so we get about a 7.4 on the British scale average and a two and a half on the Christmas score
3: I I want to know if this segment is an example of love Um mm. Emma Thompson's character says at one point in the film true love lasts a lifetime and while we've only had a short four weeks um of their love. <laughs> do we think that this is like true love that can stand the test of time?
0: No. <laughs> 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 the entire conceit is absurd. <laughs> like,
3: like look, when she's and That's old, it everyone. <laughs>
0: don't
1: don't <laughs> sugarcoat it. It's Give so it to longer, us straight. How do you feel about this? The
0: entire like like, you know, superficial basis for the relationship is no longer there what's there to sustain the relationship, right? Maybe oh, it will work. So Maybe, you know, but come on.
2: Yeah, it's oh. like that joke from a uh, message show where it's like someone I could talk to or not talk to. <laughs> 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 they have that in common. They could just talk or not talk for...
1: For hours.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I feel that way. I just wanted to, you know,
3: wanted to confirm. So. so
1: I would be remiss, Alexandra, if I didn't give you a minute to plug your book.
2: It's called... Nothing is wrong, and here is why. And you can buy it wherever books are sold, but mostly the internet. Uh, support your local bookstore. Go to IndieBound.com. And yeah, check it out. Or any other place that you can buy books. It makes a great
3: Christmas gift for when you've forgotten to prepare for Christmas. Right? It's readily Or when available. you chose to prepare. Yeah. yeah.
2: It's a good last-minute Christmas gift. It's better than a Joni Mitchell CD. I
1: may not always love you what is love actually was produced and edited by Patrick Flynn
3: we are on Instagram Twitter and Facebook at love actually Pod.
1: you can follow Patrick Flynn at unknown penguin
3: you can follow Beth Amon at Beth 13.
1: please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review
3: if you'd like to support this podcast you can find a link to our PayPal in the show notes
1: she's Beth Amon
3: and he's Patrick Flynn and remember
1: there was more than one lobster at the birth of Jesus
3: God only knows what
2: I if I was i be with.